Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary, scary stories, stories to Tell on the pod. pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, spooky things, frightening ideas, scary things, things frightening things. that go bump in the pants. Things that go bump in the place in the <laughs> pants. Uh, yeah, it's like loosely ghost themed. Right. Um, we originally read the scary stories to tell in the dark books, um, and we ran out of stories, and we did not run out of desire to do a podcast. <laughs> no, we sure didn't, and we're it's still <laughs> we did happening. for a while, and now we're back. I know we're back. Some of you seem very happy, which is always a good sign. I know we're um, really we're doing it for you. <laughs> and we're sitting here in Anna and Jason's very nice living room. Jason just made some very killer cookies, which I I will be asking where they come from because. Oatmeal chocolate chip is my favorite type of cookie, and I will not hear oatmeal slander. No, I, I do think that oatmeal raisin, like raisin, brings down oatmeal a little bit. Yeah, which I it, love oatmeal raisin. Yeah, it's breakfast. But I'm wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when I brought it out and said Jason made oatmeal chocolate chip cookies, your face went slack and you said, <laughs> that's my favorite kind of cookie. It's because you didn't even smile. You were so excited. It's such a cl- it's it, to me. It is an unsung classic. And I right. feel like, I don't know, now I feel like people are nervous to make it, you know? Um, yeah. And, and we should stop because let's just admit, it's it's an enjoyable cookie to have. And wow. it's not for health. I'm not talking about its health properties. That I know part. That part. I think oatmeal has a little less fiber than I expected. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's not bad for you. It's more than, you know, eating a regular cookie or an Oreo or something. But, you know, yeah. it's not, it's not going to change your life. That's interesting. That's, that's <laughs> it's interesting. not. It's not. But thank you. No, I was just thinking about some woman told me you should eat more carbs at the gym. I think yes. I was like, how did we get into this conversation? This is just all of L.A. is like telling a stranger everything you eat. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, no, you're not eating enough carbs. And I realized I'm not eating enough carbs. That, Anna, this this is now gym culture, I guess, because my and Chris's trainer told us the exact same thing. How is this possible? I'm like, I feel like all I do all my life is eat carbs, but I'm not eating the right kind of carbs, I guess. Yeah. It's also yeah. The, the whole like, don't take things away from your diet, add things to them. Yeah. Which is smart in theory, but then I'm still going to eat a sleeve Ritz crackers and be like, why am I hungry and also feel like bad? <laughs> well, I have a headache and I'm still uh, starving. So. <laughs> uh, Anna, did anything spooky happen to you this week? That's a great question. I have been having a lot of vivid dreams. Nothing to nothing worth talking about to report, mm-hmm. but a lot of like running around slushy streets. Oh yeah, um, looking for a ladybird, mm-hmm. which is tough. Um, nice. Yeah, I just um, I. <laughs> shop vacked all of the drains in our backyard <laughs> in advance of some rains in LA. That's cool. It felt scary. Yeah. It felt like I was going to absolutely suck up a skull. Oh my god, of course. Like but just to say like the drain covers have a ton of oh yeah, pebbles in it. So You're shop vacked find it up. a tooth. I really I it's shocking to me that I didn't find a tooth. Mm-hmm. I think that means that there's a bunch of teeth like on my butt or something like they're all behind me the teeth are behind me right now aren't they <laughs> oh my god uh, it's like the thing about like everyone swallows three spiders in their life it's like you're gonna find 16 teeth yeah that don't belong to anyone you know <laughs> it's gonna be all the same time while i'm taking a nap in my mouth they're all in my mouth <laughs> oh god <laughs> uh andrew did anything spooky happen to you this week you know i on my way over here i was like oh gosh nothing happened and but then 
I in my Uber over here, um, in the back trunk space, it was like uh, an SUV, so it was like an open trunk space. Um, I kept hearing every time we took a turn, like oh, heavy rolling, and then like thunk, dunk, 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 dunk. like not like a ball, like a muffled sound, like it was something that had bones and meat. A head. Yeah, and I like kind of like subtly looked behind me, and I saw like a big black bag rolling around in the back with a head I, in it with a with assumedly a head in it and i was like okay okay like i didn't look all the way behind but i was like okay well just clocking this and like take screenshot of uber and uh <laughs> like of uber driver and the license plate number and then i realized well th- th- this doesn't make sense of it but i realized um his keys the keychain were two little boxing gloves and then when i got out of the car i realized he just hit a punching bag in his in his trunk. Oh, wow! But what a good cover if you did have a sort of sausage, a giant sausage shaped person to put them in a <laughs> to put them in a punching bag. Wow! Perfect I crime. thought you were gonna say put boxing glove keychain on your keys so that if you have a body in your trunk, you can be like that's a punching bag. That's a, but that's better what you said. <laughs> I would. I, I I love I love a, a murder mastermind who gets halfway there. It's like, oh ah, I'll, I'll just get the box and glove keychain. That's that's enough. It's great. I listen to a lot of Dateline podcasts, and oh, there's this one lady who got really sloppy, and there was a lot of halfway there. Oh, geez. She drove around poor neighborhoods to find <gasps> someone to shoot them uh, so that she could claim that that person broke into her house to frame somebody else for a murder that she already got away with. <laughs> And she was like, we're recording something for Dateline. Do you want to come with me? And we're going to pretend to do a 911 call. And all you have to say is, I'm killing you because Rick told me to. Oh, my God. And then she shot this man to death. This feels like someone who got fired from the Jamie Kennedy experiment. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like it, it, it really was yeah, like, like hi, I'm a producer. Yeah, like that is so crazy. It was for a, a sizzle for MTV2. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm, I'll come out strongly against murder. I'm just going to say it. I really We don't, are an anti-murder podcast. I really don't like murder or murderers. Right. Um, I especially have a problem with people who murder with guns. Because yeah. I'm like, what? You know what? Where's the romance? Yeah, I'm like, what? what it, it feels like someone who wants to be an actor just so they can play the Joker in every movie. I'm like, that you you have to earn that. And even then, we we maybe still don't want it. We only like it when you don't do things that are like the Joker. <laughs> it's refreshing when someone plays a Joker who doesn't normally do that yes. kind of freaky thing. Exactly. I would I would love a normal actor to play the Joker. Well, what, what's what? a normal actor? Um, Orlando Bloom. I, oh, I, I, I think of Orlando Bloom as being a normal actor. I love um, that. Yeah. Jason's frantically turning on his microphone. <laughs> Tracy Letts. Tra- Tracy Letts. <laughs> Tracy normal Letts is a normal actor. actor. Normal Work actor. a day. Work a day. Journeyman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he did. He got a BFA, but he didn't mean it. You no, know, he felt stupid the whole time. <laughs> right, right. That's what we want. <laughs> Um, Andrew, it's your turn to do a story today. It's my turn today, and I really struggled with with the subject. And then, like a miracle from on high, um, my friend and, and friend of the podcast, Paul, sent me an article from the Daily Northwestern from 2004 oh. of a ghost that really scared him. And um, it, it, it put me down a rabbit hole. Today's subject, Anna, wet ghosts. Andrew, I am 
thrilled to be here for wet ghost day we're talking wet ghosts people it's wet ghost time and i know from now googling wet ghosts that there is a very popular meme that jellyfish are just wet ghosts so it's very hard to find a list for wet ghosts you'd mostly got t-shirts that were like yeah endless t-shirts and in fairness there are some jellyfish who do look like wet ghosts there's some there's a deep sea jellyfish that has two big black blobs that look like eyeballs and it no. is like, this is crazy. I mean, this is a wet ghost. But I don't want to get into we mean We got to stop sending cameras down there. <laughs> the whole I point know. of down there, their whole thing was like, no one will ever see us. Exactly. We're being really rude. <laughs> yes. That's, I, 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 Anna, I feel that in my bones. That yeah. I've never liked anything we've seen down there. No. And I, and I, I've, it's been remarkable. Yes. But I haven't liked it. You know what? Instead of a picture, give me like a, 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 like a filament paper with like a draw a charcoal drawing yeah, of like a beast exactly next to a, a a piece of whalebone with your wife's vagina carved on it yeah give me some short reader's digest descriptions of these things <laughs> yeah. that's all i want let's let's spread rumors um but i feel it's only fair uh for the wet ghost to start with the wet ghost that started this whole journey <gasps> and that is seaweed charlie <gasps> uh this is from an article called waking the dead written by Scott Gordon. Great. In Evanston, the dead overwhelmingly outnumbered the living. Space in this city of about 75,000 living seems to be the most cramped in Calvary Calvary Cemetery. While Evanston's living walked the streets, 218,000 people lay buried underneath Calvary's 92 acres of superb lakefront property. These posthumous residents include some of the most accomplished people in Evanston history. Among the more elusive dead who inhabit the area is a World War II era pilot known only as Seaweed Charlie. Local legend states that Charlie crashed into Lake Michigan during a training exercise and drowned. He is fabled to crawl out of the lake at night, dripping wet and covered in seaweed, cross Sheridan Road and disappear as he enters the cemetery. Cemetery clerk Tom Barry says it's a fact that Navy pilots trained over Lake Michigan during World War II and that some crashed. But beyond that, he really doesn't buy the legend. Just about every cemetery has some ghost story associated with it, he says. People always look for something to make up to be scary. You know, what? I'm just going to say, Tom Barry, if you're a cemetery clerk, you got to take whatever publicity you can get, sir. Listen, I know for you it's normal. Let other people think cemeteries are spooky. Yes. Don't be. He has a very Dakota Johnson in a press interview attitude. That is exactly (laughs) it. Yeah. I've never been. Is to a there cem- a ghost in here? What, Why I would don't there understand. be a ghost? <laughs> what is like? What life a silly ends? thing to ask. <laughs> you Ooh. must be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but Chicago historian and supernatural explorer. I love a supernatural explorer. Okay. Perfect. Richard Crow has gathered some very consistent witness accounts of one of Seaweed Charlie's appearances in 1993. That year, two Columbia College students driving south on Sheridan noticed as they neared the cemetery that the cars ahead of them were swerving wildly. Then, Crow says, they saw a tall and thin glowing figure crossing the road toward the cemetery, wearing a heavy coat and apparently unaware of the traffic. Crow thinks the ghost could be a flight instructor from Glenview Naval Air Station about seven miles south of Evanston. A pilot crashed in Lake Michigan near Northwestern University's Evanston campus on May 4th, 1951, and washed up two days later near Calvary. 
The South Evanston coastline is a natural catch basin for flotsam and jetsam, Crow said. I love being able to use flotsam and jetsam casually in a sense. And I think that that's the the true definition of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Stuff that's in the water. Stuff that's in the water that <laughs> is washing up on that the shore. Moved around, yeah. yeah. This is very scary to me, Anna. I think ghosts who are wet are very scary. I think I think we all look scarier when we're wet. Yes. Um, and to be covered in seaweed. Ugh. Seaweed Charlie. And where did he die? Over that particular Over lake? Over that lake. Okay. And I love the kind of um I love the the idea of a ghost continually crawling from its like where its body was discovered to the cemetery and just not quite getting there. That feels very Greek to me. Oh, I thought it was saying it disappeared once it got to the cemetery. Right, but it but it keeps happening. So it's like oh, he hasn't yeah. made the journey. It's oh, like he's see, washed up on the shore, but it's you yeah. Know. I <laughs> it's funny. Like at first, I heard it and was like, "That's spooky," and now I'm like, "This is sort of an Andrew Farmer level of politeness <laughs> yes. to be like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I should go to the cemetery.'" <laughs> <laughs> Nobody carry my body. In no, there. this is this is so oh, humiliating. I'm so sorry. I'll go. I'll go. I'll and, go. And to be seen by college students forever. I mean, that's the greatest nightmare of all. Well, at least they're not drinking. You know. <laughs> you oh, know. they're drinking. Okay. <laughs> but we have friends who went to Northwestern. I wonder if this is a. I wonder if this is like a standard ghost story that's told. This is ringing something for me. I know. Back in my Charlie. little thrift shop of a brain. Really good name for a parrot. I think. I don't know why parrot. Seaweed came Charlie. To, yeah, seaweed Charlie. Yeah, well, I, you you can picture a parrot eating seaweed, I guess. Right, right. right. Not his first choice. Not, yeah, the wet ghost thing. I do think they're scarier. I know, I know you got more, probably. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, I just wanted to say that I think wet ghosts are scarier than normal ghosts because a normal ghost is kind of dry. Yeah, and for a ghost to be wet, now we're breaking rules that I thought had already been established. Exactly, because I feel like in the world of animate corpses. If you get a mummy wet, then it's a zombie. Then it's alive. Yeah. 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 Or I guess the, the mummy has to hydrate. It's, it's sort gremlin of like, rules. <laughs> it's gremlin rules with it's mummies. It's gremlin rules. Oh, my God. <laughs> there was a second where I thought you said kremlin rules. It's kremlin rules. And I was rules. like, Anna is galaxy brain, and I can't get there, and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> She's so artistic. Yeah, it, like, it makes them more real if they're wet. Yes. Because wet is here. And that's what makes the 1999 mummy scarier because it's a gooey mummy. He's gooey. Yeah, that is scary to me. Um, next, we're moving on. That so that was a lake ghost. Great. We're moving on to an ocean ghost. <gasps> okay, or ghosts. This one I had never heard of. It spooked my ass off. Great. Um, it's from Ancient Origins, which is a I would assume a very esteemed uh, website online. It's ancient. It's ancient. An article written by Lex Lee about the Octavius. Have you heard about the Octavius? It's a ship. No. Anna, buckle up. I'm on a couch, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be what crazy that? if you did have <laughs> Click. <laughs> the Octavius was built during the mid-18th century and was set to sail the high seas in 1761. The ship departed from England with a destination somewhere in Asia with a crew of about 28 people on board. While the ship did reach its intended destination about a year later, it was not so lucky upon its return voyage. Because the weather had been so warm and the seas so calm, the captain of the Octavius decided to chance traveling through the Northwest Passage. This passage connects the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean through the Arctic Ocean around northern Canada. But 
they never reached their destination and were considered lost. Though they were initially considered lost around Alaska, it was actually discovered off the west coast of Greenland nearly 13 years oh. after its disappearance, which is so scary because it went, it was, it was completely missing from its course for 13 years. So for no ship to come across it for that period of time is wild. Oh, okay. Catch me up. Yes. I Wait. look up a map. Okay. Um, where did it, it started in England? Yes. And then tried to go to Alaska. I so, thought the Northwest Passage didn't exist. So this is the, th- like, so there's, there's been some, there's been some like question as to whether, like whether vessels could theoretically get through there. Cause right. there's so much ice it's around right. the North pole. Um, but, but ships have gotten around there. Wow. Um, and so they, you know, they, they were like last seen in Alaska. Um, and then for them to show up in Greenland means that they did make it through all of the ice, but made it around. They like made it around the North pole, picture it. And then Greenland is like, like, let's say, Look let's say the map. popcorn on this table, uh, podcast is a visual medium. <laughs> okay. The popcorn on this table is, uh, the North pole. Okay. They started at the seltzer. Uh-huh. They went around picture a clock, uh, okay. gentle listeners, and they got to the cookies, which is Greenland. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Why didn't what? So there's something in their way that they couldn't just go from the seltzer to the cookies. Uh, the the continent. This, like, <laughs> if anyone if anyone listening has seen Interstellar to watch when they explain doing the slingshot maneuver, that's essentially what Andrew just yeah, did. Yeah, it's yeah. Basically the same exact thing. So it's like all of this is Canada and America. So they can't go through that way. But didn't they start in England? Um, or where did they start? Let's see. I think they started. They parted from England, so that's a good question. Well, that's I what guess I'm there saying. must be other ways. It sounds like, but they were seen in Alaska, or yes, no? Yes, they were. Well, they were last seen in Alaska. Okay, so they were over there. I thought maybe they went from England to Greenland and then got stuck. Yeah. Oh, see, now that would make much more sense. Yeah, maybe um, they just saw a different boat. <laughs> Not to be a bitch. No, Sorry. no, no. I feel like everyone's dead. It's, it's very okay. possible. So this is, and this is the interesting <laughs> thing about this story because there's two. Almost identical stories with different ship names, which okay. is kind of crazy. Okay. Um, so, in 1775, a whaling ship called the Herald discovered the other ship stuck off the coast, buried solidly in ice. After 13 years, the ship itself had some clear decay, but not enough to keep the crew of the Herald from exploring it for goods. Once they boarded the ship, the Herald crew discovered all 28 crew members of the Octavius frozen below deck at their stations. Oh. Because of the freezing cold temperatures, the sight of the deceased crew was an unsettling one. All the crew members were frozen solid, sitting, laying, or leaning as they were when they once were living below deck. The crew of the Herald found the captain of the Octavius sitting at his desk in his cabin, pen still in hand, as if he had been using it to write a note. Beside him sat his wife and child, huddled together under the blankets as if they were taking a quick nap. They also found a sailor with a tinderbox nearby, as if he were trying to warm them all before succumbing to the fatal temperatures. Spooked by the discovery, the crew of the Herald took nothing from the ship except the captain's log to determine what happened to the poor souls on board. Upon reading the book, they discovered that the last log written by the captain was from November 11th, 1762 which indicated that the crew had been dead for 13 years, waiting to be oh. discovered by the first unfortunate ship that found them. Another 13 year. Yes. So it. So it. they died like right after leaving Alaska. 
froze okay. and made it all the way around. The boat kept going? Yes. <gasps> oh, that's And everyone's like scary. at their stations and every like it it just it like I've read all these other reports that are like, you know, th- this it gets a little nebulous once it's like there's rumors that one person said this. Yeah. Um but what's weird is there's a different captain from a different ship who has an almost identical story, except he said that the ship was called the Gloriana and not the Octavius, which was a different ship that went missing altogether. So there's some question as to whether these are just stories that are being made up, but um, especially because then no one ever saw this boat again. <laughs> like, yeah, no one went back to see the ship. I also feel like people get names mixed up. It's very true. Like my mom thinks Meryl Streep was in Britney runs a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> yes listen <laughs> ship captains are modern moms they are it's the same um and then i got one last or uh, like uh, there's a there's a mini wet ghost um which is just i found Ooh. an article called the world's most haunted diving wrecks on scuba diving.com <gasps> which good on them for getting that domain name they early. got it um an article by jamie roosh pierce um and this is a wreck called the hms or the rms roan the location, Salt Island, British Virgin Islands. This Royal Mail ship sank in October 1867 during the San Narcisco hurricane. The captain tried to escape the storm, but shifting winds slammed his boat into Black Rock Point. The crash broke the ship's back in two and the cold waters caused the boilers to explode. The ship rests at about 30 to 80 feet deep, nearly at the bottom of Black Rock Point, and Ooh. divers have reported seeing people frantically swimming for the surface wearing no gear when the divers approached to assist the frantic swimmers disappeared without a trace oh that's that got me that really got me. that spooked me um because i think scuba diving is very scary you got sharks you got eels you got there's like there's a a tin of of explosive ass i meant gas a tin of explosive ass that's what i want to be called you've got compressed air on your back yeah you have to have a license to do it which i think makes it scarier everything could i also in terms of searching for water ghosts there's so many articles that are fully about like why are there water ghosts i was unaware of this thought at all like ghosts don't like water and I was like, what are you talking about? I feel like there's been so many ghost movies involving water. Yeah. But everyone's like, no, no, no. You get rid of a ghost with water. I'm like, holy water. But that's not. Yeah. You know. It's not the water part of it that bothers no. them. <laughs> no. Um, Anna, to bring us home, this is a pond ghost. Okay. Oh, wow. And I, the delight with which it's like, it felt like my wig popped off to the ceiling when I read this <laughs> article title. This is from New Hampshire history blog. Okay. Anna, the title of the article is, Is Haunted Pond Haunted? (laughs) (laughs) Is Haunted Pond Haunted? Is it possible for AI to happen just from a person? Because I think this is from (laughs) your brain. This is Janice Brown. Um, So, about two miles east of the village section of Francistown, New Hampshire, lies a sheet of water known as Scobie Pond or Haunted Pond. Even before the area was officially settled, it was called Haunted Pond. It was somewhat circular in form, although some have determined its shape is more of a parallelogram. That's that's the opposite shape. A circle or a parallelogram? It is almost a mile in length uh, and nearly five-sixths of a mile in width. 
Some say it is rather shallow. I love how vague this. This is very New Hampshire to me. We don't know how deep. This is two people who are deeply have deep dementia. Yeah, we filled a we filled a, a Dunkin' Donuts cup with concrete and we sunk it to the bottom and we 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 can't see it anymore. So it's pretty it's pretty deep. It's pretty deep. Yeah. Um. It's a holiday cup. <laughs> it's a holiday cup. <laughs> The official town history discusses the traditions concerning its title, Haunted. One legend has it that a terrible fire once once burned the shores of the lake, killing every living thing and leaving it looking charred and spooky. (laughs) Uh, When the native people and later European surveyors walked this land, they noted its weird and startling appearance. It was written in the Honorable Matthew Patton's diary of Bedford, New Hampshire, that when he was employed to survey or run the boundaries of New Boston in 1753 he made allowance for what part of the for what part of the haunted pond it takes in the history of francistown mentions that about the same time of this survey two of his assistants camped near the outlet of pond of the pond one night soon after darkness set in there commenced groanings and shrieks as of a human being in distress and these continued most plaintive and affecting till nearly morning if there was any doubt about the appropriateness of this pond's name, certainly this odd event sealed its fate. For more than a generation, it was called Haunted Pond. Um, and over the course of the following years, there have been all of these skeletons discovered in the pond. Oh. That um, one time two loggers uh, were pulling in logs and clinging to one of the logs oh. was a skeleton, which I'm like, how can that be? A skeleton's not going to hold together. Clinging. But I think it's like a rotting, like it's like a barely together skeleton. Oh, I guess that's right. Skeletons don't hold together. And then the other scary thing that happened is um, in 1810, a boy named Jacob Landell, uh, his body was found in the lake, in the pond, um, holding onto lilies. Like his hands were full of lilies. What? Yeah. This is a- a lot of water ghosts are holding something when they die. <laughs> I know. I feel like if I'm drowning, first impulse, let go of the flowers I'm holding. That's so funny. My impulse would be grab flowers, but that's <laughs> always my impulse. Well, and this is what I'm a little confused about with this story is, uh, what, is it a bouquet of lilies or are they water lilies that maybe he was grabbing onto? That's what I figured. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Well, and I guess th- we can't ask him because he's dead. Because he's dead. Um, I only am talking flippantly because it's been 200 years and I feel like maybe it's that's It's fine. Okay. It's um, not sad anymore. It's actually like and actually, kind of It's cool. really funny. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that there have been all, the, all these other bodies that were found in there or, or drownings that happened um, in the pond, which I feel like I feel like people drown in ponds because people underestimate them. You know what I mean? Right. Because in my head, when you said a pond ghost, I was like... In my head, I started doing the math of what's the difference between a pond and a lake. Yeah. Is it, and I figured it was size. And then I was like, feels like ponds can be kind of anything. I think, especially in New Hampshire, there we're really playing fast and loose with how we describe things. Like interchangeably, we would call something Wickwas Lake and Wickwas Pond. Um, Got it. I think, I think you're right that a certain size, I think a pond that you, that it would be difficult to swim across is getting into lake territory. Yeah. I'm just making up this. Yeah, I feel like lake system. has to have like an inlet and an outlet. Yeah. Maybe. That makes sense to me. And then pond is just one inlet. Yeah, I also think like a lot of the a lot of the lakes in New Hampshire are 
I believe glacial lakes. So they were once part of the ocean, but that ponds maybe are not that old. And so where is the pond in, in relation to the cookies and the popcorn? <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, I hope the, I hope the picture we're setting for our listeners right now is that we always have a really good spread of snacks, which is not, not true. Andrew, we usually record at Andrew's apartment. Um, and he always has nice snacks for us, and we tried to reciprocate by this, having popcorn. And this cookies. is above and beyond. This okay, really great. is above and beyond. Well, we got the popcorn popper bowl that you have. Uh, isn't it? Isn't it it's handy? It's so great. It's I like know. I'm. It's like I'm a a, a prairie wife. <laughs> I'm popping my own corn. I feel about the popcorn bowl that I kind of worry. Like with Ozempic, I'm like something about this. Oh yeah, I, I took a, like future. a hot jiggly plastic thing out of the microwave <laughs> that I ate directly out of and was like, well, that's I not... know, but but you know what? Until the yet. scientists tell me, uh, there's no use in worrying. I also this was this is not anything I researched, but I do find ponds particularly scary. There's um my 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 dad was big into taking us to battlefields when we were kids, mm-hmm. Revolutionary War battlefields or war battlefields, classic dad behavior, and um the the Battle of Shiloh which was like a, a kind of turning point uh, battle in the Civil War. There's a pond called Bloody Pond Oh, that the rumor is that so many uh, wounded soldiers fell in it that it forever changed the like biome of the <gasps> pond. And it is it always looks red now, Ew. which I'm sure is not true. I bet that's not true. But it's a great story. Yeah, it's something you could tell a kid for sure while looking at it. That I, I almost I I there's a, a farmer family curse, which I'll tell you. What that um, are you that you I feel like fucking do this. I to originated me? it's it's only it's only happened to two farmers, but, okay. but it still feels um, when I was a kid, when we went to Shiloh, we arrived and immediately I got the stomach flu and my my dad was like, OK, completely understandable that you can't go on the walking tour. Um, we're going to park. We're going to roll the windows down. No, I'm not going to go on the walking tour, but we're going to go. We're going to walk the tour. <laughs> He was like, he was like, we're not going to go with the group. We're just going to walk around the area that. that but leaving in. you in the car, left me in the car, and I really was lying there, and I really was like, I'm going to die on the battlefield of Shiloh from a stomach flu. And I thought about that story a lot. It's a, it's like a, it's like a funny story in the family, and it's always like, no, you were fine. We, the, the, this thing is like, we left you a frozen bottle of water, like you weren't going to die of heat stroke or whatever. Oh my god. Um, that, but that was that was at a time. This was the year two thousand. The idea of a frozen bottle of water that you could keep in the car for a long period of time that felt like the future to me. It had just been invented. And then years later, my I was visiting my brother in Tennessee, and he was like, I've never been to the battle of, I've never been to Shil- to Shiloh. Why don't we go? And I was like, <laughs> okay. And then we we brought all of his kids, which I was like, this is not a pl- like this isn't like the Gettysburg Museum. This is not a place for children. It's just it, a loose. It's just field. the field, and they give you like an audio cassette to put in your car, and then there is a walking tour oh, portion. Um, but as soon as we got to the to Shiloh, um, my niece Betsy did throw up in the way back seat. And then she was a much better trooper than I was, where she was like, I really am fine. Like, we got her cleaned up. We got her a shirt. She wanted to go on that tour. She was like, she was like, let's stick around. Like, let's go. <laughs> it's like such a little kid. Uh-oh. I was like, let's stick around. Everything's fine. Every, it really is fine. And um, and then we were like, okay, well, we're, we're going to stick around. And then as soon as we started, we got back in the car, she threw, she threw up again. And then we drove back through a tropical storm. It was a crazy day. Y'all should have stayed home. Yes. This is why uh, the farmers are notoriously bad at planning. I was like, how did we not know that there was a tropical storm coming before we left? 
you guys are storm people. Yeah, you yeah, come yeah. from Stormland. We come from Stormland. Wow. Um, Anna, those are all the wet ghosts. I have to say, I really love this theme. Thank you. I think we could definitely come back to it. I mean, we've got so many different bodies of water to cover. I also, there's a famous West Ghost that we haven't covered. <gasps> Samara. Oh, oh my God. Real life. Real life ghost Samara. Real from life. Ring, from the ring. She's, and she's out there. Yeah. She, she, think she about runs it. a talent agency now. She's blonde. <laughs> <laughs> Samara Talent Agency is a great name. Oh, yeah. Give us a ring. Yeah. That's what Abrams is now, right? (laughs) That is what Abrams is. (laughs) (laughs) My new agent is Samara from The Ring. She's actually really chill. She's like, let's get you on tape. And I'm like, I don't think you should be dealing with tapes at all. No. Yeah. VHS. (laughs) Andrew, that's funny. Thank you. Hey, you should use that for something. Hey. My eyes fall out of my head. You should use that. (laughs) Uh, Anna, you know what else? Get Get out. out.